We're going to do things a little different this morning. I'm going to just share, not preach to you, but what I got on my heart. And then um, Stan's going to come up and he's going to share. All our kids just got back from, um, from camp in Destin. So there's going to be a video on that. And um, we, we're going to share that. John Brown, do we have the video that uh, if you'll get it ready that with myself and Miss Vanessa on there and then those kids. Uh, I just want to share what I have on my heart with you this morning. <clears throat> Yesterday, we we got here, I don't know, around 8.30, 8 or 8.30, and we went and uh, we did some sack lunches and um, we went to different parts of the community and we just went with uh, Miss Vanessa. Uh, Mitchell kind of ha- headed that up and we just kind of followed her and took her lead and went where she went and we, we followed her. And um, so we went out to different sections of the town and just handed out a sack lunch and just went to love on people. And so one of the things after hearing her and, and, and talking with her and then looking at different things and an email that Gavin sent out, that, you know, when it come to, I think it was um, to children in 1990 that Georgia lacked, out of 50 states, we were 48th in the state concerning the, the welfare of our children. And I think this statistic just come out, we still rank 38th on that list that we're lagging behind. And then she began to share with me, you know, how many knows that you get caught up sometimes just living in your own world or your own bubble? How many knows this morning the presence that we feel in this room, but there's places within a mile of this church, there's immortal hell going on that need what's in this room. And the Holy Spirit is imprisoned in unbelieving believers. And God never died for us to just gather together on Sunday morning and do nothing with it during the week. Jesus said, behold, I send you, friend. You and I have been sent. Come on, someone. We are sent ones. I'm not the only preacher in this room. Every chair that has a body sitting in it is a preacher of the gospel in there. And that's the power of your story. You don't have to know the whole King James, the Greek and the Hebrew lexicon. You don't have to know the Septuagint. And you don't have to know multiple languages. All you have to know is what God has done in your life. And what he's done real in your life is a profound story, friend. And all of us has got a story. In John 4, there was an entire city that was turned upside down because one woman shared her story about a man who told her everything she had ever done. And so I remember this was probably 10 years ago. I was in a hotel room and uh, I was at a conference and Catherine couldn't be there. And I was debating on whether I was going to stay or go home. And there was a prophet going to be there the following morning. And I was just at a place. I know that I always preach. We got 66 books, you know, full of prophecy to us. But I was just desperate to hear God. I just wanted to hear, John, you stink, saith the Lord, or something. How many of you ever get at a place? You'll take a rebuke or whatever you can get. I just desperately needed to hear something. And so I decided I would stay over uh, until the next day. And, um, and I was asking God to please speak to me, in which he was faithful to do that. And it's amazing that Catherine and I can listen to that even now 
And it's amazing how much of that word has come to pass in our lives down to the very detail of what God said would happen. But that night, I remember I just decided to pull out of my bag and I had a little book written by Heidi Baker called More Than Enough. And I began to read that book and I had such an encounter with the Lord in the wee hours of the morning of reading that book. If you've never read that book, I encourage you to read that book, Heidi Baker, More Than Enough. It's her story of what God has done with her life in Mozambique. And the book is basically simply about this, that you love God with all your heart and you love other people as you love your own self. How many knows we could accomplish a lot of the Great Commission with just that simple approach? Hello. To love your neighbor as yourself. And how many knows your neighbor, when God said to love your neighbor as yourself, he's not talking about folk that look just like you folk that smell like you, that have your economic status. He talking about love your neighbor. Love the one that don't look like you, don't talk like you, don't believe like you, don't have your politics. Come on, somebody. That's your neighbor that God instructs us to love. So I'm reading this book and I'm reading her story and one that has always been about revival since I met the Lord in 1998 that I found this profound statement in that book and she said, she said, I used to fast and pray for revival, but she said, I no longer fast and pray for, I no longer fast for revival. She said, the reason I fast is so that I can feel the hunger pains of the children around me. And I just remember just looking at that, just weeping. And in her book, More Than Enough, she talks about how God is always faithful to provide for every need. How many knows our Heavenly Father is a good Father? And He does provide for His children. She tells stories in there of being in villages, and they only have enough rice to go so far, and they will begin to pray, and as they pray and as they dip out of the pots, it's amazing how it never runs dry, and every kid gets their belly full. How many knows that's awesome? Now, so, but I've never had the privilege of going to Mozambique. I've never had the privilege of meeting. I've been in uh, a couple of Heidi's uh, meetings, and Stanton's had the privilege of having her lay hands on him. But I've never had the privilege of meeting her or talking to her. And yesterday, I want to tell you that I believe Cook County has a Heidi running in this county. I met her. I've seen her. And Catherine began to tell me about this teacher. This teacher friend that she had at school, and she said, John, she said, I really think you need to meet her. And a lot of times, just like you, my life is busy as anybody else. But I can tell you this, how many knows you can do busy a couple ways? Busy, as they say in ministry school, is bound under Satan's yoke. And the Fios would tell us that busyness is illness of spirit. I do know this, that when we encounter the presence of God like we did this morning, when Isaiah encountered that presence in Isaiah 6, his response to God was, yes, send me. I'll be the answer. I'll be the answer to the need. Send me, Lord. That is our response when we're in the presence of God. And Catherine said, you really need to, I really want you to meet her. She said, John, she has a vision like what you want to see accomplished. She's doing the stuff. And so it took a while and, but I got to meet her. I've had the privilege of spending time with her in in my office and hearing her story and seeing what she does. If you do not know that Vanessa Mitchell is a a teacher here in Cook County and she runs a program, uh, a ministry that she is doing called Cook Mentorship for Kids. 
uh, Cook Mentor Kids. And she is taking kids and placing mentors with them and, and to just, just someone to be a big brother, a father or mother to a child. How many knows that we live in a fatherless society? And one of the things that I think that we've done wrong in the apostolic is we tried to make one man as being the father. I don't believe that that's God's will in there. I believe it's God's will that they be multiple fathers in this room. Come on, somebody. Come on, y'all. Do we want to raise our young men to become fathers? We want to raise our young women to become mothers. And it's not just one man and one woman shepherd an entire flock. Come on, somebody. But all of us are hooked together according to what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 12. We're one body hooked together with ligaments and joints where each ligament and joint supplies to that body. And so some of the stuff, I don't want to share everything that happened yesterday because I want to drive something home here. That... I always say that I'm not smart enough sometimes to put language on what God puts in my heart. But I stumble across stuff accidentally. And when I come a few weeks ago and I preached about this is our town, this is where we live. Some of you may not live in Adel or Cook County, but you live in Tifton and you live in Lounge. We're talking about an entire region. Come on, somebody. Listen, one of the things that we must understand understand that Jesus never wrote to a single church. He wrote to a city. There's one church in this city. I don't care if it's a Baptist church, a Methodist church, a black church, or a white church. There's one church in this city, and, and, and that is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. We're not in competition with the church down the street. We're not trying to steal members. Listen, there is plenty. I had my eyes open yesterday. If we won this entire county we don't have enough buildings to put the sheep in come on somebody we got one jersey on our back and I know the front may say a hornet and we are a hornet in this town but the other jersey is we are all bought with the blood of Jesus Christ come on so we loaded I I, I told Kathy we are so blessed to have Kathy. She, she has the logistics to run the entire town. I'm telling you, she can run anything. And so me and Cleve was back there talking with her about having to build so many sandwiches. And I said, I don't think we have enough time. Let me tell you something. We, we started at 8.30. At 9.15, we were sitting down praying. Come on, somebody, because she can run something. And so we had all these sack lunches. I don't believe, listen to me, I don't believe we can change a city with a sack lunch. But I also believe it's got to start somewhere. It's got to start somewhere. And sometimes in, in our community, with what we see, we get overwhelmed because the problem is so strong. But you can, you can start moving a mountain with a spoon if you're just willing to get out there and start chipping away at the, at the rock. Are you with me now? And so... As I was sharing with Cleve this morning, I said the problem at the schools with our academics being so low, it's not just, it's not just an academic problem. Poverty is a main giant that is taking out our communities, friends. And poverty is not just a lack of finances. It is a mindset that has to be, that has to be broken in the realm of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. Because our Father... Jesus never modeled a life of lack. 
He was never overwhelmed because he didn't have enough. When he looked at the 5,000, he simply took the loaves and fishes and looked to his heavenly Father in an unlimited realm. And he says, Father, bless this. This is what we have. Bless it. And he began to break it, and it was always enough. Poverty has, is, a, is a mind, a thought process that always starts with lack. I came to tell the believer this morning, we have got to change the way we think. We should never. If God says, I want you to go to Egypt or I want you to go to Africa, you should never look at your checkbook. Always look to the word because the word is what's going to sustain us to get there friend and so we we get behind Miss Vanessa and I'm thinking okay we should have stations out in these different parts of town and we get them to run to the stations and one thing that Stanton said she is not afraid of nothing buddy she was fearless I don't care where it was at I I believe if people were standing out with Uzi she was running right up there she just didn't care And what I was amazed of how many children that would just run to to Miss Vanessa. Dusty, something happened to me yesterday and I went home and I told Catherine, I said, I cannot believe within a three mile radius of our church. Listen to me right here, friend. The scorecard, the scorecard of how well our church is is not by how many people you see sitting in here this morning. It is not by how much money we take up this morning. It is not by how many we baptize this morning. The true scorecard of how well our ministry is doing is what is happening outside the walls of this church and what kind of impact are we impacting the community with. And I'm here to tell the local leaders in my city, friend, we got a lot of work to do. Preacher, we got a whole lot of praying to do and a whole lot of motivating of the saints to do in this town. That's the true score, the scorecard. And so I go home and I try to share with Catherine and we had we had one individual to come up and he told Stanton and I, he said this is a good thing. He said this is a good thing. And he said don't stop what you're doing. Because he said many of the children, because school is out in the summer, many of them only get a bag of chips some days. Friend, that blows my mind that you and I probably, our main problem in this room is choosing the place we're going to go to dinner. Now, this is what I want to share with you. When I, 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 I study a lot about transformation of cities and stuff like this and I sent an article to the the elders last night but I want to tell you this right here there was three men in 1990 that began to fast and pray over the city of Boulder, Colorado if you remember Boulder, Colorado really became famous with the little Ramsey girl it's where that took place and in 1990 they began to seek God for just city transformation. Please don't misunderstand. We're not trying to build some great church here in Sparks. We're trying to impact an entire city. We want years after we're gone. I want a hundred years after I'm gone to be able to look back and say, my God, they did something. They cut away, Steve. They built a highway in the wilderness so that others could come on it. That's all we want to do. I don't want... 
Let me say another thing too. What I want to preach to you this morning, I'm not interested in giving every every person in this city Jesus and a track. I just want them to know we love them. Come on, friend. That's all Jesus did. Listen, the reason why the church can't be effective is because we want to make people make a decision. Why don't we just model something in front of them and says, my God, what do you have on your life? How are you living like that? How do you have joy in a time like this? Friend, that answers Jesus. I don't want to... In Boulder, Colorado, they, they begin, these, these few men begin to fast and pray. One was a successful entrepreneur, and he had begun at 40 years old to sell some and diversify his company and sell some of his larger assets. And he just wanted to make a difference and give back and, and, and to be a blessing because of his life being so blessed. And they begin to pray and seek God. How are we going to transform this city? How do we see true city transformation? How many has ever heard of um, Otis Johnson Jr. of the Transformation series of anybody ever watched his stuff? Anybody? Raise your hand. Come on. Don't move. All right, listen. There's only one city in America that has ever made that list, and it's not Redding, California. It is Manchester, Kentucky, and there's a documentary called Appalachian Dawn that they did on that city. And, And Manchester, Kentucky there was more pills being sold out of window. They had drive-through houses where just drive-throughs. There were more pills being sold than all the fast food restaurants were serving the people. The cops in Manchester, Kentucky could no longer recognize the residents by looking at their driver's license because of the, the meth had totally destroyed their bodies so bad. But the, there was a Baptist pastor and a charismatic pastor. What's the chance of that? The Baptist pastor owned a bookstore and the charismatic pastor loved to read and he would go to the bookstore and they developed a relationship and they began to seek God and God told them if you'll do a prayer walk over this city and stand up against this spirit in this town that I'll break it in the realm of the spirit. 400 marched on a Saturday morning around that city and began to bless that city and begin to call that city back to its destiny and God broke the power of that in the realm of the spirit they had police uh, law enforcement leaders to be to be arrested that were corrupt in that city and God began to break the back of that thing and change the whole landscape of that area how many knows that and, and it was truly lived out in Manchester Kentucky uh, Chronicles 2 Chronicles 7:14. of my people who are called by my name will humble themselves turn from their wicked ways and seek my face then shall they hear from heaven then will I hear their lands Manchester Kentucky has the purest drinking water of any place in Kentucky the elk that had gone been gone for some time started coming back to that region and, and, and all of the wildlife began to re populate. That's a powerful testimony. It's well worth your time. When I was in Alma, because we had such a drug problem there, I gathered all the leaders there and I showed our church that Appalachian Dawn to give them hope that we could see a true city transformation. So these men are praying and throughout their praying they fasted every Thursday and met to pray at at, uh, one of the men's house. And they prayed for every city leader. They just took the newspaper and began to pull up who's leading something in the city. The mayor, all of these different ones. And they begin to pray. They begin to pray for them. They begin to pray, God, give them a spirit of wisdom. Give them knowledge. Give them direction on how to lead this city. They just started praying. And they brainstormed. And they said, you know, how can we do this? And they come up with uh, clever billboard campaigns. Evangelical. Uh, 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 
evangelistic efforts and athletic ministries and dinners for city leaders, but nothing seemed to sit right. Nothing seemed to be authentic. Nothing seemed to be like what God was saying. After two months of fasting and praying, the entrepreneur heard God speak two words. And he called these two leaders, he called these three other leaders together who they were with. And he said, I've heard God speak, but he's only spoke two words. And I believe this is what we have been fasting and praying for over the last few months. And so these leaders come together, man, and they're ready to hear the two words that this guy's about to give. And how, I mean, God has said this, and this is going to bring city transformation. I want to hear what he's got to say. And as they sit down and they lean in to hear what this man's about to share, he gives them two words. Love bolder. See, it's just about one, two words here this morning. Love the place you live. It's about loving it. I remember when Steve first come back to the church. And one of the first things he met with me about, and this is what he made sure within the first five minutes, this is the place I live, and this is the place I'll die. What he was saying was, whatever you're committed to, I want you to know I'm committed to right here because this is it. This is where my family's going to be born and raised. Come on, y'all. I'm not about to let the place where God planted me. I said, I'm not about to... One of the things Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Salt does not mean when he said that to bring flavor to something. I'm sorry to break your theology box there. But salt was used to preserve something in his day. And what he is saying that the life of the believer, where you're planted at in this community, it should stop the decaying process because of what's on your life. Come on, somebody. When we go out to the poverty-stricken areas of this community, what is on our life should stop the decaying process and begin to turn it into kingdom thinking. That is the power that is on our lives. But here's the key. It means nothing, friend, if your view of church is what you go to on Sunday and what you go to on Wednesday. That is not what Jesus died for. We are not a what. We are a who. A people. Come on, somebody. Called the ecclesia, the church. Come on. With the same spirit that raised, come on somebody, the prince, son of God, three days dead in Joseph of Arimathea's borrowed tomb. And after three days dead, God rose him from the dead. That same spirit lives in you and I to make a difference in where we're at. Listen to this. See, it was not about reaching Boulder or, convor- or, or converting Boulder or changing Boulder. It was simply about loving Boulder. Now listen to this, I wanna, I'm, I'm fixing to be done because we gotta, we'll share a video. But in Jeremiah 29, seven, Jeremiah's writing to God's people that are in Babylonian captivity. And he's telling them how to live in that place of captivity. And he says, let your daughters marry sons, have children, build houses, do life. And he says in Jeremiah 29 verse 7, he says, but pray, but pray for the peace and the prosperity of your city. In doing so, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. In doing so, you yourselves will be blessed when your city is blessed.
Joshua said, so Miss Vanessa is going to take several kids. Stanton can get up here and tell you the things that you take for granted of two kids that don't know what it's like to walk up to their refrigerator and smash the button to get ice to drop out and water to get to drop out. See the things that we think we, th- we take for granted. So I got home and I readjusted some things. Yesterday, I mean, I just, my whole thought process with my own children. You know what I'm saying? One thing I know for sure, the Bagleys don't own nothing. Everything we got has been given to us by God. God knows I'm a giver. And Chris Valentin said this. He said, we cannot change poverty. We cannot fix the the poverty situation by throwing money at it. But he said this, "We we cannot change the poverty situation without throwing money at it. So we throw, we don't throw money, we sow money. Come on, somebody. We don't throw anything, we sow it because we know if we sow it, God will bring the increase. I'm trying to teach you this morning. People get mad when the preacher talks about finances. If we don't talk about finances, you will stay broke the rest of your life. But if we teach you how to live by the sowing and reaping, you will never be broke any days of your life. Come on, friend. God said in Genesis 8.22, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall never be done away with. There is a level that is greater than seed time and harvest. It's found in Deuteronomy 28. I'll give you houses that you didn't build and lands that you didn't sow for and my God come on somebody but you never get at that level until you can prove yourself to be faithful with sowing and reaping come on somebody the reason why I expect to harvest every day is because I got seed in the ground that's why we pray for the rain in this church the rain doesn't mean nothing if you ain't got nothing in the ground baby but if you got something in the ground you want the rain to come water what you have sown and the prophet has declared in this house this morning what has been sown in October is coming to fruition. Every farmer in this region knows he can shout in October because he sowed in April, May, and June. Come on, somebody. This is why we give. So don't think I stand up here in heart that I ain't all in myself. So we need $11,000 to get the remainder of these kids to Washington, D.C. Well, why, do you, why, does, why, does, why does she want to take the kids to Washington, D.C.? And you sit here and say, well, what, what impact is that going to have on the community? Before God ever spoke to Abraham, the scripture says that Abram was inside the tent. And God said, get outside the tent, Abram. Because what I'm going to show you cannot fit inside your little box in that tent you got me in. I'm going to have to get you out and look in my world. Come out here. My world is a panoramic. I got, uni- I, got, I, got, I got stars. I got universes all over the place. You just live in a small corner. Come on to what I got. You got to look at the stars. And when he began to look at the stars in the heavens which God created, God began to speak to him about his own life. So what I believe the D.C. trip does is it allows a kid that has never seen nothing but a portion of Cook County, it allows him to get outside the tent and look at the nation's capital. And as he's staring at the capital, I believe God is big enough to instill in his heart that all things are possible to him that believe. 
what it's about. So you see the number of people in this room. I believe that I believe that more than eleven thousand dollars is going to be given this morning. We don't need quite that much because I got something in my pocket, and I've got somebody to promise me something before I got here. And I'm so in that if that if I have that if we don't get it, I asked my boys. I said, I want to know. I said, well, you give your four-wheeler so a kid can go to D.C. Ben said, I'll give mine. That's a kid. But I had to promise him something on the other side. (laughs) Had to do some negotiating. Let me tell you how I was in his heart. An 11-year-old kid, and this is what coming out of this church. His birthday, I give him $200 cash. Ben goes to academy. He doesn't buy not one thing for himself. He buys everything we can do as a family. See, friend, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm plenty blessed. I got about everything I want. I got everything I want. But there's something about it, Steve, that God's always demanded this house to be a given house. He's always demanded this house to be a ship to tote the cargo. Well, for whatever reason, that's what he said it. And I remember sitting in his church as an 18-year-old boy about midways, and there was a lady from Bulgaria. Junior, you remember this. She needed $25,000 for an orphanage, and she was believing out of a week's worth of meetings in the state, she would get the $28,000. She would get the twenty-five. She preached in this church one morning with a group just like this, maybe a little larger at the time. Group just like this. They were $28,000 came in that plate right there and this church built an orphanage in Bulgaria. Are you with me? Now we've taken up money for Pakistan and we give for y'all's money. But I'm not talking about Pakistan this morning. I'm talking about right across the railroad tracks this morning. I'm talking about a mile's driving distance right here this morning. Now, we're going to run a little late, but that's all right. I want you to pray what the Lord will have you to give this morning. Every dollar that you give right here this morning will go straight to Cook Mentor for Kids. Not a dollar will stay in this house. Not a dime. We will give every bit of it. Right there. Folks, we got to pray. We got to pray for the leaders of this community. You got to pray for the Boys and Girls Club in this community. Come on, church. See, here's the problem. The church, the church, one of the things I'm learning, the church tries to go at it by itself. Pastors try to go at it by itself. We left here yesterday. I went to gym battle. Right up here to gym battle, Pastor Ronnie Brinson was in the center of that diamond. I'm telling you right now, I had Tasha Cobbs playing. I mean, just want to be where you are. Tasha Cobbs screaming on that mic. Me and Stanton walked to the gate. And I mean, I start, God, I mean, I'm weeping. I felt God so strong all over me. And I told Pastor Ronnie, I said, if I would have known If I would have known you was out here at gym battle, 
I said, man, we would have had double water slides out here for these kids, whatever. And so he looked at me and he said, okay, he said, I can't believe that you're here. He said, I started to call you yesterday. He said, I want to I want to sit down and meet with you. And he said, would you come to my church on July 5th? I said, I'd love to come to your church on July the 5th. Let me tell you something. God is doing something in here. He's linking us together. Come on, somebody. We are stronger. We are stronger. When we're together. And I begin to share with him. I said, man, Pastor Ashley Wade could cook for an entire army. He's got his set up down there to feed. Listen, here's the thing. We don't need to try to reinvent what somebody else has already established. Listen to me. It's hard to learn how to serve. It is very difficult to learn how to serve. But it is easier to serve when you don't have to create your own wave. You could jump on a wave that's already established and ride the wave. Come on, somebody. Listen, Miss Vanessa has pulled it for two years praying God send somebody. God sent somebody. God sent somebody. She goes to church in Valdosta. And someone said, you know what? Where's their church at? Listen, Valdosta's not responsible for Sparks, Georgia. We are responsible for our own city. Come on, somebody. It's time we take ownership of the problems in this community and say, God, give me wisdom of what to do. My God. We are. And I would tell you, sir, preacher, we are responsible. Preacher, we are responsible for the condition of our community. Not not what the task force is doing. Not what the school teacher is doing. Sir, we are responsible. Because we have no fire in the pulpit, we have no fire in the pew. But if we'll get along with God, come on somebody, and get something born in the womb, it'll reach the tomb of the hearts of men. So, this morning we're going to make an impact we're going to make an impact with our finances see I know this to be true what you make happen for someone else God will make happen for you let me tell you this you don't think God cares about the details of your life I wanted I wanted Catherine and I those that know this know us God just gave us a cabin, lodge, whatever you want to call it. I've sunk about everything I had and then some (laughs) that I scrounged. And Steve's giving me more than what I could ever repay him to help do it. Because to me it was the king's lodge. Not this being the king, him being the kings. And these being the young kings that we will raise up. I live by what he told what he told uh, Jacob that kings shall come from your own loins that's what we want birthed out of this house and but I didn't have a pistol I, I don't own a pistol we own plenty of, I got plenty of long guns could start a small war didn't have a pistol and I had some you know just they people crazy in today's society and I don't want to put nobody in the kingdom you know what I'm saying before their time but but I didn't have a pistol. And so I was sitting there and I was I was sitting on the bleachers at a ball game. And Pastor Ashley said, he said, man, I got three pistols. He said, I want you to come look at them. He said, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them to you right. And I was sitting there thinking, all right, I can go get those pistols or this can go on the cabin. So I chose, I said, nah, I gotta be faithful with the task at hand. I can't get no, can't get no pistol. This time, I get it later. I'm telling you, God is working everything out to the detail in your life. Listen to me, friend. Don't take what he's saying for me and just, just clap about it. You receive right now for your own self. 
I get a call, I leave the cabin. I get a call. Man on the other end of the phone said, I need you to go out to Chad's. And I said, God to Chad's? He said, yeah. I bought you a pistol, and I want you to go get it. All you got to do is register it in your name. And I'm thinking, God, all I'm doing is trying to be faithful and work at what you told me to do. And you adding everything I need or anything I want into my life. And all I got to do is be faithful. I believe every dollar we sow this morning, friend, are you with me now? Every dime that you sow this morning, God will bring it back to you. Press down, shaking together, multiplying and running over. So how many is excited about giving? All right, let's go, ushers. No one run out on me yet. Once you give, if you'll just return to your seat, we've got one more thing we're going to do. Yeah, also, if you did not come prepared this morning, there is um, multiple ways that you can give. You can give through our app. If you have our app, if you don't have the app, you can give it. Just click the Give tab, and it gives you all the instructions. You can text Sparks Will Fly app to 77977. Gavin, is that correct? And that will give you the ability to give online through the app. It's a really easy, simple process. Hallelujah. Well, we are going to move right along this morning, and we're going to get out of here after this. But we couldn't um, finish the day without showing you guys and telling you guys some of the testimonies of the life. How many of you know that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy? So what God can do in the life of a teenager, he can do in your life. So when I read a couple of these to you and when you see these clips, I shared with some of my older ones yesterday, I said, I never want you guys to go to a camp or to a conference like that and then come back and allow yourself to be discouraged as if we can't see that happen where we are. We can take what we saw this week because we've got the tools that we have right here in our tool bag, man, right here in front of our face. If we can take it and believe in it and throw our whole selves into it with passion, we can see that. Why not? Why can't Cook County have a camp where kids can come and encounter the presence of God? Why can't we do that? Amen? So I didn't want them to be discouraged about that. And so they're fired up and they are excited. And um, God did amazing things this week. I'm going to share. There is so many um, testimonies that came from this week. We left on Monday morning, returned home Friday at 6. And I was tired and hungry. And me and Matt were sick of eating uh, frozen pizzas and chicken nuggets. So as soon as we got home, we got something good to eat, praise God, and got some rest. These kids, and for Abby and I, on behalf of both of us, these kids are the most amazing kids that I think that I've ever had the privilege of working with. Um, they're amazing. And um, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's awesome to see all of them. So many young men that I can look at and say, I want to be like Colton Gibbs when I grow up. You know, I want to be like Jay who just loves unconditionally, who worships like no one is watching. And so they think they learn so much from Abby and I, but we learn so much from them. Jamarion and Tay are not here this morning. Gavin and I have the pleasure of mentoring these young men. They came with us on the camp. It was funny, we got ready to go to a service and service was at like 9.30. So we get up, you know, we're getting ready and we get breakfast. And Jamarion and Taylor in, in my room with Carson Merwin and Carson Smith. And 
We wake up, we eat, and I go as one of the highlights of the whole week for me. And I look in there, and these two boys are laying fully clothed under the cover, sitting straight up in the bed watching their TV. And so, man, but you do, I just told Pastor this. I said, you just don't realize how many things that we take for granted when these young men may or may not have the luxury or may or may not have the opportunity to do these things. And when they went to camp, like Abraham did, they got out from under the tent and they were able to see many who were ba- who have never been baptized before in water got baptized this week in the ocean in the Gulf of Destin, Florida. Come on. So we're going to show this clip. Listen, we had four healed of, this is my wife sent me this. She helps, she helps keep me all of this. Uh, keep all this together for me. If I did not have her, I would be lost, dead, and broken. So we had four people that received physical healing in their body this week. We had four people that have never prayed in tongues before receive their heavenly language and prayed in tongues. One student shared with us that he or she was depressed and wanted to commit suicide and has returned home saying, I no longer want to kill myself any longer. Come on, man. TMJ. His name's Teo Hayashi. He is one of the pioneers and revivalists that God and evangelists that God is using to pioneer one of the most amazing and possibly one of the strongest move of God, moves of God on the earth right now, which is in Brazil. Creative miracles going over there. The spirit of awakening and revival is just being poured out all over Brazil. Teo was there. He's one of the ones that God is using. He came in and began. He never preached. The man traveled from God only knows where to come and preach the gospel. And he comes and we begin to pray and words of knowledge begin to go forward. He doesn't preach, and for two and a half hours, student after student after teenager after teenager grabs the microphone and shares what God has done in their life. There was a young man, listen now, there was a young man who was, who was hurt, empty, broken. He actually was not in our group, but he get, Teo gives him the microphone and says, young man, tell us what God is doing in your life, and he's got his hands in his pockets, and he's just rubbing his thighs. He keeps rubbing his thighs, and I lean over and I tell Abby, what's, what's going on with this guy? He keeps rubbing his thighs. Little did we know that he had been cutting his thighs from, he wanted to harm himself because of the brokenness that he felt on the inside. And in a moment, in God's presence, God healed that young man, and his scars have dissolved and are fading, and God healed that young man. In a moment. In a moment. God's power is still touching people, amen, and it's not lessening, it's getting stronger. Shoulder pain was healed in our group. BB, he got a neck healing. John David had a shoulder healing. There was a young man who was born with no soles on his feet. And in a moment, God, God gave him soles on his feet. Migraine headaches, depression, anxiety. We had two people that had not been born again receive salvation this week. Amen? We also, and the last one I'll share before the video is we had someone that admitted that they had been struggling with smoking. They'd been struggling with nicotine and they returned home and they said, I've decided to quit smoking. I'm throwing that down for Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Can we give God praise for that? Before we show this clip, I want to say thank you for Abby and I. We want to say thank you. Those of you that invested, those of you that sowed into the lives of these kids, I had, I had multiple people, multiple uh, people, a part of our congregation that, sh- that sowed into the lives of these kids in order for them to go to camp. And I'm not going to call them out specifically, but you know who you are. Not just one student was sponsored, but we had multiple students that adults stepped up to the plate and said, I want to give, I want to sow so they can go. So what you're going to see on this, on this video today is a recap of the whole week. And some is funny, some is serious, but we wanted to capture the whole week. And so we're going to laugh. David, if you can turn those lights off for me. 
and if we've got that ready, it's it's a bit, it's kind of, it's, it's a little bit lengthy. So just hang in there with us. It's powerful, and I believe you'll be blessed by it. Amen. Thank you. And at the conclusion of this video, unless Pastor wants to come up and dismiss, you will be dismissed. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week. Oh,